Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Monday morning. So it looks like we're only going to have one more late night for the rest of the season. Chiefs got a Thursday night game. That Friday we're going to be tired. So this might be the last Monday we wake up a little early. Personally, I wake up a little hungover after a Sunday night football game. But you know what? It was worth it. The Chiefs D once again. Shutting them down big time, and uh, you know all the guys that were hating on Dirty Dan earlier this season had to shut up. He had a pretty good performance, but he wasn't the only one. A lot of guys did. One of whom was you, Mike. <laughs> I know. With Stan Sorensen. But, but, but hey, but, hey no, you know no, what no, no, happens, no. though? Listen to me here for a second, because there's an interesting little ploy that the Chiefs are following here, and that's what you have to understand in the way they morph their entire season. What they have done is come out and adopted a new philosophy. They did it about three or, three or four weeks ago, about a month ago. And what they've done is saying, hey, look, we're better than all you guys. Here's what you're going to do. You notice what they do in their first series. They're right down the field and score. Subconsciously, they're telling the other team, what's going to happen to you? And you want to challenge us? Fine. If you don't, hey, the way it's going to be. So what they have done is pulled back on their offense and let their defense do the work. They've, they've revamped their defense. They've got some guys healthy now. And it's allowing guys like Sorensen and the defensive backs to play a little bit more freely than they might have in the past and not to gamble. There's the key. The Chiefs are not taking any risks. I love it. I think it's a great level of football. And psychologically, it's telling everybody else, we're better than you are, try and stop us. So what they do is go down and score, and then when they show everybody how easily it is, they pull back on offense. You'll notice what Mahomes did last night. He only threw for 184 yards, something like that. He was 15 for 29. That's not Patrick Mahomes. Well, it's that's when your receivers are dropping the ball well, every freaking time. that's part of it as well. That's a huge it, it's part not of it. all his, or not all his doing, but he only threw 29 times. In other games, he's thrown 45 50, and 50 60, times yeah. because they don't have to. No. So you're not taking any chances, you're letting your running game do it, and you're letting your defense take over. And as much maligned as they were, that defensive team is pretty good, especially, of course, with moving Chris Jones back to where he should have been in the first place. But over and above that, they're stopping these teams. I thought that Denver was very ineffective. Denver tried a nice little trick. That 20-play drive down the field and zero, no score. Zero points. Well, now that see, that's that's a coach's fault right there. He should have gotten at least three. Understand what he thinks. And, and he said, you're not going to beat these uh, guys with field goals. And that is true. You're not. You're going to have to score some touchdowns. But there will be other opportunities, more than likely. You take advantage of what you have there, and he didn't. And that really cost them, that demoralized them when they went into a halftime and they only have three points on the board instead of six. That makes a difference. It could have been 10 to six. Fact of the matter remains that the Chiefs are very interesting the way they toy with these other teams. And they'll do the same next week with the Raiders. Raiders aren't as good as Kansas City. Let's see what uh, Kansas City does. And uh, they're at home, which should be a great, great matchup. Um, okay, let's let's rewind it back to Dirty D. Yes, I was one of the many poo pooing on him, but the re- but it last night proves exactly what I was saying the entire time. I never called him out as a bad player. I called him out as being put into a position that he couldn't handle, which was an every down player. They put him back to where he was, where you just let him kind of to be situational, he's going to make those plays because that's what he needs to do. And last night proved what I was saying the entire time. (laughs) 
Don't put him out there every down. Don't put Neiman out there every down. Switch it up. And if you notice, those guys, even the commentators were talking about how different every time you look out there and you'll see a different bunch of guys every down. And that's the, I mean, yes, of course, Chris Jones is up front. You got Melvin up front, all those guys, which by the way, Melvin, sack last night. He's been playing pretty good for the right, Chiefs, that's too. that's just what I got through telling you. They are doing things in a different – they've revamped yeah. their entire defense, and that, that's good. If you can do that with the people you have, then do it. Don't take any chances. Don't risk the injuries. Of course, you're going to get them regardless of the fact because it is a concussive game. But the fact of the matter remains they're not taking the chances that they, they were in the past, especially on offense. And why? What, what's it going to prove to you? So you get – uh, 450 yards on offense, and you win the game uh, 45 to 10 or something like that. So what? What's approved? Nothing. You're winning the games, and that's what happened. Now, if they run to teams later on who can challenge them, like a Patriots or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a Super Bowl or something like that, then they'll change their style again. There's the problem, and it's it's not much of one because Kansas City is pretty good. But the fact is, can you revamp again your whole psychological strategy in doing that? I, I debate that to some extent, but not with the Chiefs so much because they are so talented. I think they can uh, re-correct their circumstances. But they don't have to right now, and they probably won't the rest of the season. The only team that's going to give them any real difficulty, in my opinion, and this is subjective on the very least, is Pittsburgh. They're not very good, but they'll come in here with an attitude. And they'll get they the always do. Some trouble. They always do. But man, Pittsburgh got so damn lucky yesterday. How many times have I said, "Man, Steelers got lucky again. Got real lucky." But you're right though. When you always you go, "Hey, they still won." You so make that's your own it. luck. That's well, I don't know about that, you man. Do. You do. Eventually, you kind of have to look at it because it, it's it's happened to the Chiefs where there have been games where I've been like, man, we got really lucky, and <laughs> it bites you back. It will eventually, um, usually at the wrong time. <laughs> So, any other surprises in the NFL yesterday? Some, in some regard. Uh, the Raiders falling to Washington surprised me a little bit. The, the Chargers did not. I picked them to win. I thought they'd go in there. The Chargers are a very dangerous football team. They can do a lot of things if they get their minds right. Being a Los Angeles team, a West Coast team, they sometimes don't think in the same attitude that Midwestern teams or maybe East Coast teams do. It's kind of more of a... Hey, we'll just go out and have a little fun and throw it around, so forth and so on. If we win, great. You can't do that in the NFL. That's what the Chargers do. I think they got serious playing the Bengals yesterday, and of course they did get some breaks. They got a fumble that shouldn't have happened and returned it for a touchdown when the game was getting close. They can be beaten, but they can also rise up and beat you. I don't think the Raiders can. I think the Raiders are compromised to the point where they're going to have some problems. Steelers, they'll they'll have an attitude. And the rest of the schedule for Kansas City is is really made for them. Heck, they're only, what, just a few games remaining before all this ends. They go to Denver to close out the season. I don't think anything will be riding on that game as such. So, again, that could be a problem if you're looking at the glory of records and things like that. But they're not. They're looking at the realistic goals, and they are... Let's win this baby and then go on to the playoffs. Am, am I, if I remember correctly, I think it is like a four-way tie right now in the AFC for leaders. Oh, overall, yeah, 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 yeah. Overall, that is, <laughs> yeah, that which, is correct. <laughs> which is crazy. And you are looking for home field. Yeah, and that's oh, not necessarily yeah. a very small deal. Uh, for instance, if the Chiefs have to go to Buffalo or to New England, Whew. now see, there's a problem that's forthcoming. 
that's when they'll have to win games because they want to play in Kansas City, obviously. They want to play at home. They can win on the road. They've proven that. But they want to play that postseason at home. And if it comes down to having to win to do that, then they will. Then you'll see a different level of attack. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it starts with your receivers catching the ball because you've got four (laughs) drops by four different guys. Uh, Some pretty big championship games (laughs) over the weekend. Um, Some kind of surprises, not really big surprises. But uh, you were right on the money last week. Do not sell the Tide short, man. And they really (laughs) solidified that they are Alabama for a reason. But you know what? I really do think that... Georgia still deserve to be in the top four, and I'm glad. I, th- I really think they got it right with the top four. Oh, what they do you are. Think? They are in the yeah, top yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Alabama is now number one. But they're number one. You have to understand the way they did this. Being in the top four doesn't really matter unless you're one or four who you are because they're going to play each other. Well, certainly the committee did not want Alabama playing Georgia in the semifinals. Championship, sure, that's how it's built. But Alabama's number one, Cincinnati is number four. And that's fine. Cincinnati's undefeated, needs to be there. So that's who the Tide plays in the first round. That game will be in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, and it will be New Year's Eve afternoon. That's when they'll play that one. The other semifinal will be Michigan versus Georgia, and that'll be in the Orange Bowl in Miami on New Year's Eve. It starts, I think, at 7 o'clock at night. So this is really fine. The winners, of course, play for the national championship. My prediction right now, I'm not going out on a limb on this one, is Alabama and Georgia will play again. I think that'll be the national championship game on January 10th. That is not to sell Michigan and Cincinnati short. But Cincinnati, (laughs) in the famed words of Lou Holtz, boys, he he thought he was talking to his team in private and there was a blasted TV camera off to the side. This team, when they played West Virginia for the national championship, the mythical national championship, this team's living the dream. Let's get out and kick their behinds and all that. Of course, that made the media, and everybody heard it. Well, Notre Dame did exactly that. They beat the devil out of this team. Well, that's what Cincinnati's been doing. They've been living the dream. They're a good football team. Are they with the Alabamas and the Georgias? They're going to have to prove it. They're going to have to prove it. They will, and I don't think they can. And the same with Michigan. Michigan is a methodical not flashy. They can score. They can play well. But you're up against the Georgia Bulldogs? Oh, my. We'll see what happens. Got two, I really think you've got two two teams, If based on what you're saying, living the dream. So we'll see what happens when it comes time. There are, of course, all 42 other bowl games have now been established. And locally, Missouri Tigers will play in a bowl game. They're playing in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. And, of course, the way the Armed Forces Bowl is structured, one of the three uh, military academy teams is in it. In this case, it's Army. They have the better team. Air Force is playing in a bowl game. Navy can't because they're under 500. But Army is going to play Missouri. That will be in the Armed Forces Bowl game. And the Outback Bowl game on New Year's Day, which is a very good one. They play that at Raymond James Stadium where they played the Super Bowl last year. That is a nice little football game. Mm -hmm. It's the Razorbacks against the Nittany Lions of Penn State, Arkansas-Penn State. It will be a very fun football game. I like the Razorbacks. Missouri, you better practice against that triple option, boys, and you better start practicing it right now. And when you don't <laughs> see that all season long, and then the military academies use that, both Navy and Army oh, yeah. do. Of course, one advantage for Mizzou, they'll get a chance to see Army. Army plays Navy this weekend, and you'll get a chance to see what they do. Army's pretty good. They're not great, but they're pretty good. 
You know, uh, also big ups to my uh, K-State Wildcats. They got the Texas Bowl against LSU. And that, that should be a great game, too. And that will be a nice little challenge. Uh, LSU be. goes in there, of course, with the Southeastern Conference pedigree. K-State's had some ups and downs this year. But that'll be a nice little football game. Yeah. Uh, playing in the Texas Bowl, which is uh, it, it's in Houston is where they play it, uh, will be, of course, uh, heavily well for this one. It'll be a good game. So I hadn't really heard a whole lot about the uh, state football championships um, after what we had talked about, you know, uh, the two teams that we had kind of locally going in there, uh, Lamar being one of them. <laughs> and then I'm kind of sitting there watching. I think we were watching probably one of the mid-afternoon games, and I'm just kind of playing on my phone, and all of a sudden on one of the, the forums I follow, I see a photo. The last play in the championship against Lamar. And the team that beat Lamar on the play, they beat Lamar. 12 men on the field. The refs didn't call it. They win the game, and it's over. What? And that made the national form. It wasn't the local Missouri one. That was the national. And I'm just sitting there going, Misha, are you crazy? Are are you crazy? Are you? No, 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 no. Misha Misha is the one, of course, who assigns the referee. Well, the the referees association does it. But... Just not Dude. see 12 men on the foot because one of the officials, and it's usually the umpire, has the duty of counting those players out there. And he missed it, 12 players on the field, and with six seconds to go, Lutheran St. Charles scores the winning touchdown. And it's 33-27 to is the final. I, Lamar, I don't blame them for being upset. This would have been Lutheran St. Charles' first loss of the year had they lost. And Lamar... It was their first loss. You can't change it. Oh, the man. decision is final. Yes, Michigan say, I'm sorry. It should not have happened, but hey, no no big deal as far as uh, any kind of solace for what has happened here. That is that is a real, real shame. But you can't do anything about it. However, Webb City, on the other hand, I broadcast a game a couple weeks ago, Webb City and Nixa. Mm-hmm. It's a regular season game, and Nixa ran them out of the ballpark, 41-27. to but there's one thing about Webb City that's very impressive. They don't get flustered. They play very disciplined football. There are no histrionics on the field. The players are not jumping around and carrying on and so forth. They follow their game plan. They do it with great diligence. They're losing this game. They lost it like gentlemen. So what do they do? Lost three games this year. Oh, they're way down. Only won their 16th state championship this weekend. That's the most in Missouri history. Knocked off Holt in their championship game. It's Web City, folks, just like Alabama. And they did it with 11 guys on the field, not with 12. Lamar kids, if you're listening and you're a senior, come find me in three years. I owe you a beer for dealing (laughs) with this crap. I'd be so, so mad. Um, so, you know, we knew the uh, Missouri State Bears were going to have a test against BYU over the weekend. And even though there are no moral victories in sports, they definitely gave BYU a run for their money. Had uh, They were down by 14 points at one time in the second half, staged a nice little comeback. Missouri State's pretty good. They can score, but they're up against a team that handled the ball much better than they did. Bears had a lot of turnovers in the ball game. Brigham Young did too, but the Brigham Young Ball Club is so structured, so disciplined in what they do, that they came back and won the game 74-68, made the key goals when they had to. The Bears made some mistakes underneath, did get a nice game, and did give 12th ranked at the time. I think BYU will be a little bit lower this week. But the fact of the matter remains that Brigham Young comes in here, 
What I found to be more interesting, the game was was great. It was a very good, well-played game. There were some technical fouls, yes, and some officiating decisions. Didn't make any difference in the game. Trust me, it did not. What I found is the crowd was 7,000. 7,000 fans, that's as much excitement as I've heard in that arena in many, many years. A lot of intensity, a lot of rooting. Of the 7,000, I'm going to say 2,500. I don't know that specifically, but 2,500 were Brigham Young folks. Made the trip up here, wow. Well, not so much. In a sense, yes. This was Brigham Young's very first ever, first ever trip to Missouri. They'd never athletically been here before. And as a result, many of the Mormon churches around the state came down here to watch the game gotcha. and had a big rooting contingent and a loud rooting contingent. It was it was a lot of fun and a good atmosphere. It's the kind of atmosphere we should have for every single game, but this one did prove it. Brigham Young's a good team. Bears are a good team. Bears will play again Wednesday down in Little Rock against the UALR. UALR played Arkansas over the weekend, got beat, but... Most teams are beat by Arkansas are going to get beat. (laughs) Anyway, pretty good win. Lady Bears had no problem. They play William Jewell, Division II team. And the Lady Bears are on the road tonight. And they go to Brookings, South Dakota to play South Dakota State. South Dakota State's women's team, while they aren't what they have been in the past, they're still pretty good. This will be a nice little challenge. Yeah, and it'll be a cold one, too. If you looked at the weather up north, whoo, mama. We're getting hit with the winter, finally. (laughs) Ned, you have a great day. Bundle up. I'll see you tomorrow.